Producer Michael Miracle here, and before we get into today's podcast, I'd like to quickly invite you to join the I Work For Him Nation. Being a part of the nation is all about being Jesus in your workplace, because you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. So, head to our website, iworkforhim.com, and click on the nation flag, then prayerfully consider joining the nation. We'd love for you to join us in this workplace movement. Thanks again for listening. Here's today's podcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, thanks for tuning in to I Work for Him this afternoon. Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Say hello to the audience there, baby. Hello, audience there, baby. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you said you wanted to have fun today. I do want to have some fun. We need to have some fun today because this is a pretty serious topic, but we need to have some fun. We need to have some fun. Hey, everybody, check out our Facebook page. I work for him on Facebook. I work the number four. Trial. For Why him. would they want to do that? Because we have all kinds of great stuff out there, right? Don't You're constantly putting stuff out there. Yes, there's all kinds of neat things out there. In fact, for the post that just went live at 3 o'clock, just talk about our show today, I just put a comment, and it was a picture of you live right here. Well, I didn't do live, but, I mean, you know, a brand new picture of you right here at this moment. Now, on the events page, still information out there about the cruise coming up? Oh, my, yes. Absolutely. Still have a few spaces left. Mm-hmm. We're a little over half full for yes. the... 2018 Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat, sponsored by I Work For Him. Martha and I will be leading that retreat with just 20 couples. We'll get lost in the Caribbean somewhere for a few days, work on our marriages, enjoy. Well, not really lost. Just like You will not know where you are in the Caribbean (laughs) because you won't be driving the ship. But anyway, check it out online. We'd love to have you join us. We keep this thing reasonably priced. It is as cheap as it possibly can. Just a little over a thousand bucks for a couple for the five day weekend on a cruise ship. And it will be a blast. You will be challenged. Your marriage will never be the same again in a good way. That's right. This is way more than a three hour tour. Way more. Yeah. And you won't have, you know, Un- endless episodes of trying to get off the island. That's right. Skipper. All right. Check it out online. I work for him.com or I work for him on the on the Facebook page. All right. Every day we focus on different kinds of workplaces and how we put our faith into action to bring the gospel in 3D to our coworkers, our friends and loved ones in our workplaces and our neighborhoods. All right. But one of the workplaces we don't talk about much is the church workplace and specifically that of the role of pastor. Pastors face superhuman obstacles at at the face of the congregation they lead. When they're struggling, where do they go for help? You know, Martha and I once thought that I was called to being a pastor. Those of you who listen to me every day for the last four plus years know, probably not. But the senior pastor of the church spoke to me truth back almost 25 years ago and said, Jim, you may have a pastor's heart, but you could never handle having 400 bosses. And that's the truth. Pastors have... Tons of bosses, and when they're struggling, where do they go for help? Can they come talk to you? Pastors and their wives need a safe place to struggle, and today we're going to talk about where they can go. Please stay tuned so you can forward this information to your pastors. They're real people with real problems just like you. Pastors are not perfect. They're people. That's a great alliteration. I use people twice, though. All right, it's just they just can't tell anyone. When you're a pastor, you can't tell people you're struggling. So I'd like to welcome Ron and Rodetta Cook from careforpastors.org. Ron and Rodetta, welcome to I Work For Him, together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha. Pleasure to be with you, Jim and Martha. Thank you. 
So glad to have you guys. When I found out about your ministry, and, and really, Ron, if I remember correctly, you reached out to me and said, hey, Jim, just so you know, there's this really cool ministry, and you need to know about this because I think your audience needs to hear about it. And I researched it. I'm like, this is fantastic. I love that because I know the pastors are suffering in their positions. So, you know, how did you uncover it? How did you two uncover this incredibly desperate need for pastors to have a safe place to go and be real and deal with problems? Well, Jim, after um, being in ministry for a while, we discovered that there are very, very few safe places for pastors and their spouses to go and be real. Um, We have been married and in ministry for 39 years, and God has entrusted us with a lot of storms, a lot of difficult situations, so that we could be adequately prepared to do what we get to do today. So, but why is it that being a pastor and a pastor's wife, and I, and I want to make sure we're going to put you both in the same category, because I believe that it's probably tougher on the wife, because she doesn't get the vent from the pulpit. And sometimes pastors get the vent from the pulpit, or at least express some level of dissatisfaction, but, but the wife doesn't often get to do that. Why is it that this job is so hard on both pastors and their wives and their families? And because Rodetta has been a pastor's wife for 39 years, I'm going to let her answer first. <laughs> Rodetta, ladies first. Thank you. Um, Well, first of all, we all know we live in a glass house as a pastor and pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. And the four top um, areas that we have found, uh, me being a pastor's wife, I I know these are the top four areas that we deal with, is unrealistic expectations, whether we let someone else put those on us or we put them on ourselves, balancing family and the ministry, trial, loneliness, because, again, who do we have to talk to? And then identity. You know, where do I belong in ministry? Because we have different seasons in life, whether we have young children, whether children are grown. Uh, what is our identity in ministry? So those are some of the areas that we as wives deal with, and it is a very, very lonely place. Wow. And that's something people would say, wow, my pastor's not lonely, mm-hmm. because they got all these people they can hang out with. Yet, who can they be real with? Isn't that really the issue? Is Who can you hang out with that you can be real with? Very few people. So, you guys, were you, Ron, were you the pastor of a church, like senior pastor of a church? Yes. Okay, so why don't you make it personal for you, uh, for, for all of us, help people just really hear from a pastor's heart. How tough is that job? Uh, incredibly tough, and as Rodetta says, because of... You're on call the 24-7, but it is so easy because those of us who are in ministry, we're servants, and we want to serve, and we want to give, and we want to do, and and sometimes we just assume unrealistic expectations, and more often than not, we allow other people to put those unrealistic expectations on us, and um, and it's tough. So much of what we see here at Care for Pastors is pastors and their spouses are all about doing. Mm. And, and there's always something to say yes to in ministry that's good. But if we say yes to every good thing, then we have little time less left to say yes to the best. And that's to care for our soul. You know, you would think that most pastors have a high priority on caring for their soul, but that's not always the case. Hmm. There's so much to do. And, and, and the enemy so many times can get us involved in doing good 
and doing ministry that we can justify not doing the best, caring for our soul, caring for our families, and many times doing good and doing ministry can become our God. So how did you guys transition from the role as senior pastor and senior pastor's wife of a church to this care for pastors? I mean, how did this come about? Because this ministry, well, actually, before you get into that, just describe care for pastors. What is this ministry all about? Care for pastors is a place of encouragement, of counsel, mentoring. Uh, we, we, We like to describe that we offer three levels of care. There's the preventative care. There's redemptive care, and there's, there's intensive care. The preventative care is like taking vitamins. You would think a lot of pastors do a lot of preventative care. Very few do. But we are trying to get that preventative care model. And then there's the redemptive care. That's kind of like going to a, a general practitioner who can take care of things. And then the third level of care is the intensive care, where we will bring a pastor and his wife in for a week of intensive uh, we have one house that we make available to them, of one couple at a time, and I will spend two to three hours a day with them with homework assignments based on what needs arise out of that, uh, out of that time, some time to care for their soul, time to care for their marriage. And then after a week of that, then we have six months of follow-up as a result of the intensive care. So it's not just for the pastor. It's also for the pastor's wife because she's just as equally. I mean, really, pastors that I have met that have had difficult churches, which just about all of them, they all kind of have a sort of PTSD. They, they really do. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and it's the wives, too. And again, I say, it. I don't know, Rodetta, you talk about it. Do you think that you struggled more than Ron because you couldn't say much? I think so. And you said, well, I go, could we personalize it a little? So I'm going to personalize it a little. Uh, our very first church where Ron was the senior pastor many, many, many years ago, uh, one of our very first business meetings, uh, a deacon stood up and looked at him and said, preacher, the problem with you is you don't have enough stripes on your back and it's up to us to put some on you. Okay, now hold it, hold right there. We're going to pick that story up right after the break. We're talking with Ron and Rodetta Cook from the ministry careforpastors.org, careforpastors.org. This is the place that pastors need to go when they're trial just struggling and they can't go to anybody in their church. Their workplace it is a mission field, just like the rest of us, but they can't talk to people that they work with, just like the CEO of an organization can't talk. Rodetta, as I said, you'd be able to get back to your story. You're talking about how you guys were in a meeting, and somebody stood up in the congregation and, and said, do you said this to your husband? Okay. A deacon said to my husband in a business meeting, uh, Pastor, the problem with you is you don't have enough stripes on your back, and it's up to us to put some on you. Hmm. And so they continued to do that. And so as a spouse, it is very difficult when you see your husband being mistreated by other Christian people. So, you know, it's definitely an extremely hard position for a pastor's wife. Other people who call themselves Christians, I would put that. Ron, when they said that to you, why didn't you just say, Golly jeepers, I don't think that's your role. You can have this job. Take this job and shove it. No, why didn't you say, what, did, did you have those thoughts or did you say, Lord, what are you doing? I mean, come on, you had to have some thoughts there. Well, I probably would now, but at that point I was 25 years old. Oh, okay. Mm. 
All right. Okay, we've got some people calling in today that have experienced the ministry of careforpastors.org, and we're going to sh- have you have them just share some of the stories. Rob, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, glad to be here. I really appreciate you sharing. We'll keep a last name and location uh, anonymous so that you can still you know function where you are, but I do appreciate you sharing some of your story. What, what kinds of things were you struggling with while you were a pastor? Well, I guess the biggest uh, thing I was struggling with was uh, the expectations of everybody in the church, which was, you know, if you got 100 people, you got 100 expectations. Mm-hmm. And then my primary concern was the expectation of the Lord. So many times those don't mesh. So uh, learning to balance that and uh, live in that tension is really a difficult uh, thing to do. So why couldn't you go to your elder board or deacons for help? Well, I, I did, and many, many times I would, you know, discuss these issues with the uh, deacons and elder board, and and most of the time, um, you know, they were part of the problem, and uh, I always felt like it was the uh, role of the pastor to model uh, appropriate church, um, you know, discipline and go to the people that, um, you know, who were the issue or the the problem and and deal with it in a biblical manner, but that's just not. Um, way a lot of people operate. How did you find out about Care for Pastors? Well, uh, I was in California at the time, and um, I just was in a, in a really bad place. And uh, spiritually and emotionally, I'd experienced a lot of um, uh, hurt from a, from a church there. And, and so I, um, I just uh, I had a friend approach me, a uh, pastor friend of mine, and said, man, we need, we need to get you some help. What, we need to find a place for you to to get some uh, support and encouragement and help. And so I just began to look, and uh, I think I called Focus on the Family, and they had uh, mm. um, Care for Pastors as one of their references. So um, I just got the number, and I, they had several numbers, and I just I just uh, looked at Ron's website, saw a little bit about him, and thought, let me just give this guy a call. Hmm. And I gave Ron an, a call, and, uh, man, it was... Um, it was a it was a, where God wanted me, and um, how did they help you? Yeah, uh, how did they well, how did they help just, you, Rob? Just first of all, uh, just the conversation that we had uh, right there on the phone. He began immediately just to to minister to my need right there, and um, I just took about an hour, I believe, uh, just to to talk and and then what was really neat was um, after we got through talking, I. I uh, was visiting with my wife, and and, uh, and Ron set up a time to talk with her over the phone and just uh, get her perspective and her thoughts and how she was doing. And so Ron just took a total approach to our family and and uh, scheduled a time for me to come out for a couple of weeks to Florida and just just began uh, just the process, the journey of of uh, being healed and encouraged and and reinvigorated for uh, the work God called me for. Are you still in pastoral ministry today? Oh, I am. Yeah, and I, if, had I not gone through what I went through and gone through uh, careful pastors, I, I think I would have uh, flamed out and uh, just trial. Yeah, I've become pretty cynical at that point, and um, and so it was just uh, an opportunity for me just to, to, you know, one of the things Ron will do is when he sits in front of you, all he does is present truth from Scripture. It's the authority for all of our lives, and um, he just reflected what what God's word says, and reminded me what 
God said rather than what the world says. Mm. And um, when you hear what, you know, everybody's perspective, as I was mentioning earlier, you know, you just kind of forget that. And uh, because the loudest voices in your in your head are normally not the godly ones. And uh, you've got to be having a, you got to have somebody in your life who's going to reflect the truth of God right. in your life. Rob, we got a lot of listeners out out there today, and that are going to be listening to this over the months as it comes out as an archive and, an, and a podcast. Take thirty seconds and speak to those listeners about how they can be more supportive and understanding of their pastor. Well, I just think the the greatest opportunity anybody has to be a uh, support to their pastor is just to uh, to listen and to hear the struggle that he's working through and and. Um, and willing to walk with him on that journey. And if he needs help, find him some help, but also be willing to offer that help as well. And that means being a partner in prayer, uh, support, and um, uh, invest in his family. Mm, Probably the biggest uh, challenge for me as a pastor has been the the detriment many of these people are on my family. And, um, And so I just determined after... Um, what I went through, not to uh, allow that to happen anymore. And, mm, that's great. And, um, I love that. I love that. Uh, Rob, we got we got another person calling in to give another testimonial. So I, I want to say thank you, Rob, for sharing your testimony. Sure. Thanks for sharing the story, and thanks for endorsing CareForPastors.org. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being on I Work for him today, Rob. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, Ron Rodetta. You bet. All right. Okay, and we appreciate you too, Ron and Rodetta, for bringing this. All right, we've got Patty calling in, and Patty is a pastor's wife. Patty, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. Martha, I'll let you ask the questions. Well, Patty, thank you so much for being willing to share just a little bit. And so can you tell our listeners um, what it is that you were struggling with that led you to be involved in Care for Pastors? Um, I think it was um, we had some conflict uh, that was uh, pushing against the role of um, of me being a pastor's wife and what that means and trying to express grace um, because of the calling of of my husband mm-hmm. and we had conflict with poor behavior and um, I just needed a safe place to be able to process and have somebody listen that had an understanding of not only the ministry but a biblical wisdom to give out and that's what uh drove me to call uh care for pastors initially so you made you took that initial um step and called them all on your own i did we um actually had a um uh a member of the uh, the church uh, see an article about the care for pastors um, several months before that and handed it to me and just simply said, I think that this might be something uh, that you would be interested in because I'm not sure we always understand what it's like in your shoes. And I read the article and quite frankly, I wasn't really um I didn't really believe it because I wasn't sure that anybody really could understand. <laughs> um, and But several months later, I, I pulled that out, and I told my husband, I think I need someone to talk to. Mm, that's great. I called. So, so before and, we go to break, how um, I began did, the journey. How did they help you? Um, first of all, it, it the whole... Um, 
experience was very, uh, it felt safe. Mm. It felt like it was a safe place to talk. It was a safe place to um, be able to just do who uh, we were mm-hmm. uh, without judgment, without somebody trying to fix it. Trial. Just somebody to listen and then help process it and ultimately guide us towards a, a resolution that, that worked personally for us. Patty, I'm going to ask you this last question. We've got 30 seconds. Speak to the people that are listening out there today. Help them understand how they can be more supportive and understanding of you as a pastor's wife. How can they help you? How can they treat their pastor's wives better? Um, I think simply to be kind and understanding and um, refrain from being judgmental um, when they see actions that they may not have the full picture of. Mm. So I think just be kind and understanding um, of the role that we've been asked to play or uh, to hold and um, just come alongside your pastor's wife and pray for her um, to have a soft heart and sometimes a thick skin. Very good. Patty, thanks for calling into I Work For Him. Thanks for your endorsement of care for pastors.org. Thanks for being a pastor's wife. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Patty. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. You and I, when we've got a problem, maybe we got a marriage problem, maybe we got a sin issue, where do we go? Well, hopefully you've got a pastor that you can go to. But what happens when a pastor has a problem, has a sin issue? Who does he? Who does his pastor, the pastor's wife go to? Who do they go to if they have marriage problems? They can't go to anybody in their church because they're they're expected to not be, they can't have issues. So, care for pastors, a necessity in our country, a place to go for pastors that need to work through things. And a lot of times the reason they need to work through things is because of you and me. (laughs) You know, I love what the gal that was just on Patty was sharing was that she just, there was an issue with her, you know, not knowing how to extend grace in a situation and really um, just struggling with needing to talk through that with somebody that you didn't worry about them turning around. She didn't say this part, but you know, when you share, you don't know, is that person have an agenda? Or are they really being my friend? So it's great to have a place. Freaky, to do scary. That. Absolutely. Freaky, I scary. Love that. I, I imagine. Ron and Rodetta Cook from careforpastors.org. Welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you. All right. So here's a question for you, Ron. You were a pastor, pulpit pastor for how many years? Um, over 30. Okay. So were you able to live a transparent life from the pulpit, or was that just too plain and simple scary? Uh, it was just too scary. Why is it? Explain that to people, because people don't get that. They don't get that. People that are listening don't understand that. Help people understand why their pastors struggle to live transparently from the pulpit. Because they forget that we're human beings, and there's very little margin. Uh, uh, Leaders would never say this, but many of them have the idea, we pay you to have your act together. Now, you better have your act together. Hmm. And if you don't, we don't want to hear about it. (laughs) This is just so ridiculous. And how many of them have their act together? Oh, we don't want to go into that. We're not going to talk about elder board, deacon boards, trustee boards. We know those are a living nightmare. All right, so how did you, I mean, you and Rodetta, you said you've been in the ministry 39 years. You've been married 39 years or a little longer? Uh, New Year's Eve will be forty years. Congratulations, Aww, praise God! So that's awesome. you, you made it. You made it through all of those tough years. How tough was the pastor position, the pastor's wife position, 
on your marriage. Rodetta, you first. Uh, there were times that it was very stressful, um, again, because we had no safe place to go, so we just had to kind of battle it out together. Uh, this ministry was birthed, the vision of this ministry was birthed um, over 20 years ago in our hearts because we were almost one of those statistics that walked away from ministry. Mm. There are hundreds of pastors and their families walking away from ministry every month, and we were almost one of those statistics uh, because we didn't have that safe place to go. So I'd, I'd say in the early years, it was very, very hard on our family. Uh, God has not blessed us with children, so we did not have that area to deal with. But mm. for those of us that, uh, that we deal with that have children, it's even 10 times harder. Well, and every day here in I work for him, we talk about the fact that we're that each one of us in our workplaces is and has the opportunity to be a minister, a pastor. If they're a leader in an organization, there can be a pastor in an organization. It is their mission field. And so we're hoping that as a result of the I Work For Him revolution, the faith and work revolution across the country, that more and more people will understand the woes of being a pastor. Uh, because it is the pastoral spot. Not everybody's got a pastor's heart. Not everybody does. And not everybody, some people are preachers, but they're not pastors. Right. And, and so it's very, very different. But having that safe place to go, what did you, so you didn't have any women outside the church, Rodetta, that you could go and, and share with? I didn't. Now, uh, later in our ministry, God blessed me with a very godly lady in our church, which is very rare. Um, we, we don't live close to family now. And when we planted this church uh, about 17 years ago, God gave me what I called my Florida mom. Mm. Uh, she was a godly lady that if it hadn't mm. hadn't been for her, I don't know um, I don't know where I would have been in, in that particular season. Mm. How hard, Ron, was it to fight the bitterness when you see your wife struggling? Oh, it was it was very difficult. Very difficult. One one of the things there's a there's a pathological profile that uh that are in a lot of churches. A lot of churches have lay leaders that could be identified as clergy killers or pathological antagonists, and they just see the the church as theirs, and they're going to have their way. And a lot of of pathological behavior just comes out in their attitudes and their actions. And we wonder why the church, the Four Walls Church, is struggling. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, I don't wonder. But the, but the good news is there's good news. And the good news is there's healing. And Care for Pastors can provide that healing. As you're tuning into our work room today, we're talking about the workplace of the pulpit pastor. The people that are sitting there doing the preaching, a lot of the shepherding. And again, part of that is that imbalance, Ron, isn't it, where the the design for the original church wasn't to put the burden for the growth of the church all on one man's shoulders. That, that's not what it was designed to do, was it? Absolutely not. But that's part of the problem we have today. All right, we've got Scott calling in. He's going to be sharing a story. Scott, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, Jim, how are you doing? Good. I appreciate you taking some time to call in today. Hey, what were you struggling with as a pastor? So I'll tell you, um, for me, it was just the stress of so many things spinning all at the same time. Um, as a pastor, I was in bivocational ministry, so I was holding down a full-time job as well as doing ministry. Um, I was also going to school full-time, and I'm the father of uh, five boys. Overachiever so much? Family. It, it, maybe, yeah, overachiever. Yeah, and it was, <laughs> and it was a struggle, you know. 
Most people would have a struggle having a full-time job and five boys. Okay. Right. All right. All right. Okay. So it wasn't per se then the, so you were having a work-life balance issue. Very much so, yes. Were, were you going to school because the church told you you had to go to school? No, just my personal, you know, feeling that I, I it was an accomplishment that I wanted. It was mm-hmm. something that I wanted to uh, grow into and, and better the equipping that, you know, God had already given me, but just wanted to further that along the road. And so uh, was going as kind of personal accomplishment for that. Did your, um, did your wife endorse that behavior, Scott? Going to school? She did. She, she supported me in that. And actually, she's, you, hesita- you know, just she, for the record, she's gone through. <laughs> you hesitated. You hesitated on that a little bit, just so you know. So, if so we don't. I'll say, I'll say that uh, it was probably about four years into ministry before I started going. Mm-hmm. So, that was kind of the, the hesitation moment for me was should I do this? Should I not? Mm-hmm. So, four years, and we finally said yes. What so. did Care for Pastors, and we find them online at careforpastors.org, how did they help you and your bride? So, one of the things for us is we really got to a point, uh, we went and visited with Care for Pastors last year. And for us, we had really gone through a point of just, I had gone through a severe moment of depression all last mm-hmm. summer, really got into kind of dark places, just feeling of uh, lost identity or just misplaced identity. And um, one of the things was I had stepped down from ministry just realizing that the work-life balance was out of place and priorities were out of whack for our family. We really need to restructure and refocus um, on what really was important. And, and, and in that, when one of the biggest challenges I think I've, I've realized as a pastor is, is you begin to place your identity as a pastor. And so when that kind of is, is a, you're taking a break from that, you feel like a failure. And that's where I was. I felt like a failure. I felt like I was being disobedient to what God had called me to do and, and really just began to have sort of a crisis with that. When we went trial to go meet with Care for Pastors, Ron really spent time with us to really restructure and refocus, you know, who is it that God really says you are? And in, in going through that, and, and really beginning to understand that my identity was not as a pastor, as a preacher, even as a father and a husband, that my, my identity as, is as a child of God, as a mm, son of God, amen. beginning to realize that, you know, even though as a pastor you know that, sometimes taking that on for yourself is a hard struggle. Are you and um, and Are so we really got a chance to, to work through that. Mm. Are you back in pulpit ministry again today? Not currently, no. I have looked. Um, I've begun uh, back in the spring. I began taking a look and, and you know, asking God, is this the right time? And we've, we've kind of still working through other issues and processes to make sure that we're not allowing boundaries to be crossed and making sure that our priorities are set. Um, but, we feel, you know, we feel confident. We know, I know, that God has called me to this, and um, we are anticipating the time when he says this is, this is the time. So, last question, really quickly: When you realized things were out of whack, things were out of control, you were not balancing work and life. You know, not that you could really balance it, but keep it under control. Was there nobody in the church that you go to and say, "Hey, I need some help"? You know, it was it was difficult. There were a couple of opportunities that I took to talk with uh, our lead pastor and a couple of friends that I did keep close accountability with. And um, one of the struggles for me was some of the issues that I was facing was dealing in my relationship with my with my pastor. Sure. And so that created some conflict. And there had also been some just missed opportunities for us to work through 
things that I really felt like I was at a loss for who to talk with. I had some friends outside. Scott, I got, really I, got no... a, I got to cut you off. We got to go to break. Scott, thanks for calling it iWorkman. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing from your heart. We have, there's so much need out there. Pastors desperately need to be ministered to. There is. And one of the things you've been asking each one of the callers is how can we, as the people sitting in the pew, do a better job of loving on our pastors and their wives? And I know prayer is a big thing, but just encouraging our listeners to really think about that and think about how we can help trial love on um, the one gal said to refrain from judgment when we're when we're not able to know all the facts, but to just love them where they're at for the role that they're playing. And I think that's really important for our listeners to hear that today. Raise your hand if you've ever judged your pastor for not being perfect. Or his wife. Or his children. Or his kids, yes. <laughs> the poor kids. Okay, Ron and Rodetta. You know, great story so far. And we've got another testimony coming right up here in a second. But how... How important is it for us, people sitting in the pews, people sitting in the chairs, how important is it for us to love our pastors unconditionally and to recognize they are sinners? See them as a human being. Um, recognize their service. You know, every every year there's Pastor Appreciation Sunday. Uh, this year it is uh, October the 16th, second Sunday of October. It's it's surprising the number of churches that do nothing to show any appreciation to their pastor and his family. Uh, make a point to do that. It doesn't have to be something huge; just a little recognition, recognition, and and and, and I thank you. Mm. Wow, uh, that's huge. That's huge. We've got Karen on the line. Karen, welcome to I work for him. Hi, thank you. I really appreciate being willing to share some of your story. Go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah, so Karen, just let our listeners know a little bit about where, where, what your role is as a pastor's wife that led you to care for pastors. Uh, well, so my husband started in ministry about 10 years ago, and I was super excited for that, very proud of him. But I had no idea what kind of demands and pitfalls would come with that. Mm. Um, and I am a homeschooling mom raising our children and to, I saw my role as most important that I was supposed to be taking care of everything at home so that he could go minister. And unfortunately it got to the point where he was, he didn't mean to, but he became, he became very overcommitted. And so it got to the point where I was starting to feel like a single mom. Mm. Um, And then on top of that, there's, of course, expectations within the church of any pastor's wife to be involved and help with this and help with that. And so it was very hard. It became very hard for both of us to draw boundaries. So that overcommitted thing, though, pastors never struggle with that. So your husband was extraordinarily unusual. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Well, and that guilt Aww. area for you, you know, pastors always feeling guilty that they're not really involved. That, that's a pretty that's pretty out of the normal, too. Exactly. That's sarcasm heavily noted. Okay. (laughs) So how did care for pastors help? Um, So it got to the point where I told my husband, look, something's got to give. We need some help because I need to be able to express some things to you with somebody helping facilitate that so that you don't feel like I'm attacking you 
but so that I can ex- safely express some concerns that I have. Um, and then when things got, we didn't know who to turn to because so few people understand the demands of the ministry. And so at one point I just did a web search and I started searching for ministries that minister to ministers. And I came across Care for Pastors. And one of the cool things, especially I, I feel about them, is they don't differentiate between senior pastors, associate pastors, youth pastors. They see it as if you're in ministry, it's ministry. And it's it's just as demanding, even though it's different, no matter what role that person is functioning in. Mm-hmm. And there was other, there's a lot of really great ministries, but a lot of them focus solely on senior pastors. And so there's limited resources for those who are in other ministry roles. Um, and so that was really helpful that they didn't differentiate. They saw the demands that we were enduring, the situation we were in, and knew that we had just as few resources to reach out to as anyone else. Mm. That's great. That's great that they were able to minister to you right where you're at. So, Karen, tell our listeners, what is it that they need to hear from you trial as a pastor's wife to better learn how to understand and support your role? Um, that she's human. I think, I think Ron said that already. Mm-hmm. Um, but that to, to consider the fact that for every expectation you may have, there's exponentially more coming from all directions. Every ministry has an expectation of the pastor and his wife. Their children have an expectation of her. He has an expectation of her. Um, visitors to the church have an expectation of her. Um, like everybody has an expectation of who she's supposed to be. And there is absolutely no possible way she can meet all those expectations. And so somebody somewhere is going to be disappointed. And at the point that you're disappointed with your pastor or his wife, just take a moment to realize that like my husband and I have a joke about peas on the fork that you can only shove so many peas on the fork at a time before they fall off the other side. Mm. And that is so true for a pastor and wife Mm. in taking care of themselves, their marriage and their family. And at some point they're going to let somebody down. Mm. Karen, thank you so much for calling in and sharing your story and sharing how care for pastors is able to minister to you and your husband. Thanks. Thanks again, Karen. Thank you. Ron and Rodetta, you guys have done such a great job getting people to share you know, the real impacts of your ministry. It's, I'm hoping you're feeling encouraged that when the Lord moved you into this ministry, careforpastors.org, that the people... That you're hearing that you were able to help people get back and get back in pulpit ministry, get back in leadership ministry within a church. Jim, we are. I say it over and over again. We are so glad that we get to do what we do. Mm, that's great, mm. Rodetta. As you heard Karen share that expectation thing, how did you deal with the? You know, we. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be careful. Okay, we all know that 
women deal with issues differently than men. Uh, we like to <laughs> men like to punch each other. Women like to talk about it. Right. With, with a ton of other people <laughs> in a group over tea, however they call it. How did you, I'm being very careful, how did you deal with those unrealistic expectations? Uh, a lot of times I dealt with them inwardly, and that's not always so mm-hmm. good, because then it can turn into bitterness and anger towards the church, and God loves the church, so that's not a good thing. So uh, I was fortunate that I did have some family members I could talk with, that were outside of our church that understood that were very strong Christians. My mother was always good at letting me bounce things off from her. Uh, but again, I would have given anything to have had what we offer for pastor's wives, and that is called the confidant. And uh, I would encourage pastor's wives to go to our website, careforpastors.org, and under the pastor's wives tab, uh, see what we have to offer for pastor's wives uh, in the confidant program. Because we want to be that safe place for them where they can be uh, themselves and feel no judgment and not worry about what somebody's going to say or do. Uh, we have a private Facebook group that has been huge for pastors' wives from all across the country. We have over 700 wives in that mm. group now. That mm. This is their place of safe haven. And it's like I, I relate it to like a cup of water in the desert. Yeah. They don't need a lot of encouragement, just a little. Well, I was thinking it's like a cup of water trying to grow something in the desert because you're, you're touching 700 pastor's wives, and there's probably 70,000 exactly. or 700,000 that are really needing it. Exactly. So, so, Ron, last question for you today. How do we multiply this ministry? I, we always, I always try to highlight, Martha and I are picking up ministries to highlight on I Work For Him, ministries that we think could be multiplied across the country to help service the needs of, these, of certain people in their workplace, today being pastors. How can, how can we support you better? How, how can we help care for pastors multiply so that you can touch more pastors and their wives? Uh, obviously, the first thing would be pray. Second thing would be an advocate for, for care for pastors and other like ministries. Tell your pastors about care for pastors. Encourage them to find a safe place. Trial. And then like any nonprofit, as you well know, we're dependent upon folks supporting us financially. So those would be the three ways that you could help us continue to get the word out. Well, we appreciate you sharing the story. Ron and Rodetta Cook with careforpastors.org, careforpastors.org. Ron and Rodetta, thank you for being on I Work For Him today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Martha, it's it, it, we know the story. We've, we've been friends with many, many pastors. This is a, a common theme. Very cool to hear about Care For Pastors. It really is, and, and it's one of those things that people can tuck away um, tell their pastors, have them have that resource so that when they need it, but whether it's preventative or intensive. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our ministry place, but ultimately, I, I work, work for, for him. him.